0: Hey, everybody, Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net. So glad you could join me today for the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast. Uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, I have a great interview with Chad Higgins from Youth Ministry Booster. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to remind you that uh, if you're a guest today, I want to welcome you in and thank you for trying out the podcast today. If you're a regular, I want to thank you also for being here because, well, you're awesome. And uh, by the way, if you enjoy it, whether you're new or a regular and you enjoy the podcast, please go over to iTunes and be sure to give it a few stars, maybe a review and say, Hey, Paul, this was pretty good because this way uh, people get to find uh, the podcast and uh, you want other youth workers to find this podcast, don't you? You don't want to hide it from them. You don't, if you're listening to it, you must see it as, as valuable and you don't want to be, you know, mean and jerk face because you're hiding it from your friends, share it with somebody and that would be most helpful uh, to the podcast. So I want to thank you very much for that. So without further delay, let's jump in to my interview with my friend Chad Higgins from Youth Ministry Booster as we talk about developing caring small group leaders and the impact that it can have on your youth ministry. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Youth Ministry of Motion Podcast. I have my friend with me today. Uh, he is the president and CEO of Youth Ministry Booster, uh, and it is a phenomenal resource. And we will talk a little bit about that uh, towards the end of the program. But uh, today, I welcome, Mr. Chad Higgins. Chad Higgins, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Paul, how are you? Uh, president CEO is probably maybe um, a little bit too of uh, a grandiose title i think um
0: i don't think it's grandiose enough i would like to change it to emperor of a youth ministry can i just make you that uh, yes actually
1: i've been <laughs> i've been uh I've, I've been campaigning for that for quite some time there are yard signs that you guys will be able to pick up at the national youth <laughs> it is, convention it,
0: it is an election year so yeah. <laughs> we could we could do yeah. that we can make that happen uh, I didn't know
1: if Emperor or Czar was really what I was going for, you know?
0: Uh, Czar, I don't know. Either one of those really works, I think. I, I don't know which one commands more respect. Uh, maybe Czar. Czar sounds like you're really in charge of things, like you could make a decision and people are going to go, oh, Czar, Czar Higgins has commanded such.
1: Um, I just feel like if I'm Czar, it's, I'm having to wear, like, Parachute pants and a belly shirt, and I don't know if anybody really. That. Uh, well, I don't
0: know. Maybe we'll vote on that. We'll uh, we'll find out. Maybe that's a thing. And if you do, if you would like that, if you're listening to China, please please feel free to hit him up and let him know that that is exactly what you want from the Czar of youth ministry, that is what you want yeah, that is not the case <laughs> well uh, Chad, thank you for being on the program today I appreciate uh, you being here and I appreciate the ministry you have through Youth Ministry Booster, and I wanted to get you on here because we had some um, some creative conversations the other day, and we were talking about the topics we wanted to talk about, and we're going to Jump into that regarding small groups, but before we even get there, uh, tell me a little bit about your journey and uh, and a little bit about what where you know your your youth ministry journey, and then kind of what led you to um, you know start this thing called Youth Ministry Booster.
1: Yeah, um, so born and raised in Oklahoma, um, a little town Duncan, Oklahoma, and and so ended up. Um, I came to know the Lord when I was a junior in high school, was around the church. Uh, Before then, would would even early high school, would say I was pretty active inside of the church. Um, But it was my junior year of high school that um, my faith really became my own and uh, just a a very much of a transformation in my life. A, A guy that um was living one way on Sunday and something completely different um throughout the week and and with different groups of friends and all of that kind of stuff. And man, in a life that was not authentic, um, searching for something that was real was a was a very big turning point in my life. And so uh, junior year of high school, alone in my own room, surrendered my life to the Lord. Um and, and really saw the impact of that junior, senior year. Um, went off to college, went to the University of Oklahoma. Um, I immediately began uh, serving in a church Um, When I moved there, um, some crazy youth pastor said, hey, yeah, come lead a seventh grade uh, small group for me. And by my second semester um, of my freshman year, I came on uh, staff there as an intern. And then sophomore year was uh, brought on in a part time position doing uh, middle school ministry, and then by the end of uh, of college, stepped into the full-time role uh, doing middle school ministry, and so served there um, for quite some time, uh, got married to an amazing, amazing woman um, who is absolutely incredible, who is um, this very strong, driven lady. Martha is uh, uh, is not 65 years old, even though her name <laughs> does sound that way. Uh, but she, she's incredible. She now is, um, an executive for a mental health agency. And so she's, um, she leads, uh, a mental health right. clinic here in the town that we live in. Right. Do you see then,
0: her more, do you see her more as Superman's mom or Batman's
1: mom? Dude, I, I see her as Batman or Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so I see her as Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and so she's, uh, she's incredible and we live, uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, the, the, what was it, man? Nine, nine years ago. Um, we moved to another town in, uh, in Oklahoma, Bartlesville, home of Conoco Phillips, uh-huh. And, um, I served as family ministry pastor there. Um, great friend of mine, Zach Workin, uh, lived about 30 minutes away in Tulsa, Oklahoma and we were we had been friends for a long time and I made the dumb mistake of going and having coffee with him one day huh. And uh, we were both serving in a volunteer role. With the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma, both Hilma and I um, were working in Southern Baptist churches in Oklahoma, and um, we were part of a program that was traveling around the state doing training um, for, for youth pastors and small group leaders on how to have more effective small group ministries. And uh, we went and had coffee one day and began to talk about our own experiences with that and life and youth ministry and those kind of things. And we realized that we really enjoyed talking to each other about these kind of things. And um, we started brainstorming and asking ourselves the question of, hey, what can we do to be an added resource uh, to these youth ministers that we're running into contact with? A lot of the guys that we were running into contact with, were small town youth pastors. They felt isolated and alone, um, and and they were struggling, uh, not necessarily just on a ministry f- uh, side of things, but on the personal calling side of things, and and that really broke uh, our heart. Um, you've got faithful men and women who are serving in a lot of these small towns. Um, and, and we said, hey, what can we really do to be a resource to them more than just some Saturday training type of thing once a year? And, and so we started putting our head together. And um, at that time, we started a podcast called After Nine. Um, our, our hope was really just to have a resource to give to them. So Zach and myself, we said, Hey, we'll commit one year to doing this. Uh, at that time I said, Hey, I'll drive to Tulsa every Friday and we'll record. And, um, our heart was to start a podcast. Um, we, we saw a lot of great practical ministry podcasts. Um, we wanted to talk about heart issues, um, we wanted to talk about, hey, when we leave on a Wednesday night, why do we feel defeated? Um, why are we angry at that small group leader who just sits in the back? Um, those kind of <laughs> things. Um, Say it isn't so, Chad. The small group right. leaders well, hanging around in the back. I know none of you guys experienced that, but no, none of our listeners. Yeah, no. right. Um, you know, and, and and so it's one thing to talk about. How do we motivate that leader to get off of the wall? It's another thing to begin to have the conversation of asking, why, why does it frustrate us so bad? Because <laughs> uh, I think those yeah. are different questions, right? And and we want to get into the practical to help solve some of that frustration. But maybe is some of the frustration because we feel like we're doing everything or they're not hearing vision or those kind of things. And so, uh, that's what we, we wanted to talk to you. And so, uh, the namesake after nine came from those questions that nine o'clock on Wednesday night, when you're locking up and you're going to your car, what are those questions that are floating through your head? Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we started from there. Um, we begin to connect with a lot of other youth pastors, even outside of Oklahoma, um, that we're feeling some of these same frustrations, some of these same joys of student ministry, um, all of that. And so out of there, um, we, we launched Youth Ministry Booster um, about two years ago. Uh, it's, it's pivoted and shifted to what we do. And, and I think we'll, we'll probably end up talking more about that, uh, later in the show, but that's, man, that's how we're, where we are now. And that's kind of this, this Genesis story for them. Well,
0: that is a fantastic story. And for me, it wasn't, uh, I didn't have leaders on the wall. I had leaders on the couch yeah. and, um, you know, and if they ever listen to this, I don't care. I don't care if they ever <laughs> listen to this. I want them to know that I hated it. <laughs> because yeah. they would they would chat it up on the couch sure um like why are we not with the students why are we why do we have to be over there but the reason we we brought you in here today we had like i said we had a very good conversation um the other day talking about small groups and you mentioned in your introduction that uh you know you went around and did some training for small group leaders and things like that and And small groups is such a critical part of many youth ministries. Uh, Some youth ministries are small groups uh, in and of themselves, and some have small groups as part of their extended ministry. Um, And and you probably have uh, you know the perspective that you shared was your wreath. You know you what. Let me start with this. What tends to be the small group training? You know traditionally, right? What are we training? small group leaders to do and what tends to get emphasized with small group leaders? Well,
1: so I, I think that that's a really good question. Um, what tends to be the small group leader training? Um, from my experience in talking with a lot of different youth pastors at a lot of different sizes, um, I would first say that I don't think that there's probably enough Um, ongoing small group training that's actually happening. Um, I think for a lot of people that I talk to, they may have uh, one big small group leader meeting a year sometimes. Uh, Some people don't even do that. Um, And then some people may have like a monthly or quarterly meeting. Uh, But I, I think a lot of that time is probably thought of in a very general term. Uh-huh. And I think that it's really wise for us to understand uh, the purpose that we each have for um, our small group ministry and what that looks like. Do we have multiple small group ministries that are happening? Because uh, a lot of people that I talk to, they'll, they'll have that, right? Uh-huh. They'll have maybe your traditional Sunday school type thing, Um, For some people, they they will take that model of, you know, like a Wednesday program with these like small application groups that happen at the end of their Wednesday night. Man, I know certain churches will have – Um, a landing type ministry or a Celebrate Recovery ministry uh, that they have with their students. And so there are all of these different small groups that are happening. And so the first thing that I would really want to encourage everyone that's listening is have you clearly identified in your own mind the purpose of – your small group ministry inside of the context um, of your overall ministry. Because I think that's where we all have to land first and foremost, because if we're going to talk about how do we train our small group leaders, if we don't know what a win for them is, how will they ever know what a win for them is, right? Um, Or what success is in their student ministry or in their small group. And so being able to identify that I think will help us understand – how do we train for it? What does that training look like? Um, but I think for a lot of, a lot of people, when we, when we look at just general training, um, I think most of the time what that training looks like is it's for that hour, 30 minutes, or an hour and a half that those leaders are in some sort of room or group with the students, um, we prepare for and we train um, for that time. And so if – even for people that would say, hey, I train my small group leaders, my encouragement to you is to look back over last year or last couple years and say, OK, if the only time my leaders had with me was these trainings, what – story or what narrative are my trainings telling me about what i value and what i want my small group leaders to value as their role and i think a lot of those the, those trainings may just look at you know how do we teach our lesson more effectively? How do we pr- prepare for our lesson? All of those kind of things. And those aren't bad. I, I think that no, those not at all. are very good and we need to have those in the space. Um, but if we're trying to communicate, um, a different purpose than simply just like more biblical knowledge, uh, then we have to have training aspects um, for those type of things. I mean, you brought up football, right, Paul? Yeah, sure. Um, imagine for yourself if you're a head football coach, right? Right. And you communicate to your team and to the media, defense wins championships, right? Yes. We want to win championships. Defense wins championships, and yet all you ever practice was offense, right? Right. Um, I think that same model is probably what's happening in a lot of our leader training stuff, right? We'll make the statement, it's all about relationships, it's all about care of students, those things, right? Care for students wins championships, and then all of our training is based on, um, how to lead a lesson, um, I understand that how to lead a lesson is part of care, right? Right. Um, But it's not all inclusive. And and so I think when we say to our leaders, hey, we want you to care about students, I think for a lot of adults, I think for a lot of youth pastors, if we're going to be real honest with ourselves, when we say, hey, you should care for students – i don't know how to do that right like i don't know what that really looks like rather than like asking them hey did you win your football game right right um and and so i I think we've got to think through that process of what that looks like for ourselves
0: well i think that is an excellent excellent tip there uh chad because if you made a list like i said look over review all your training titles right uh and say what have i been emphasizing what am i doing and then what you know am i am i am I not seeing the results right i'm teaching one I'm teaching them one thing, but I'm frustrated at the results i'm getting and uh, I just wrote down the word you know there's a lot of how tos right if if, if yeah. every session is how to something, how to right. teach a lesson, how to have a game, how to whatever and I just wrote the word becoming that that mm-hmm. somehow becoming needs to be more. Um, emphasize within trainings and saying, "Okay, how do I become a more caring leader? How do yeah. I become, you know, that it's a becoming?" And in reality, when we're leading our small group leaders, that's a small group, right? We're we're right. we're we're caring for a small group of leaders to take care of small groups, and so whatever we're whatever we're talking about, whatever we model it, to that degree, you know, hopefully our our you know our small group leaders are are picking up on that. Yeah, it's good as well but then we were also as we talk about this we were in our conversation you've been really kind of noodling on some different aspects of small group leader training and expanding beyond right you you said all these the how-tos are great look all those are necessary do they know how to teach yes do they know need to know how to do certain things absolutely and certain dynamics and tactics and all that kind of stuff but you had mentioned uh, some things that you say, man, I'm, I'm really rethinking on how we teach small group leaders to become more in that regard. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to expand upon uh, that thought of some of these new thoughts you have of, of maybe where we should put some more time and energy into our small group leaders. Yeah.
1: So f- for me, I, first of all, I would say that for me, a lot of these small groups that I'm talking about... If, if I were to identify the purpose, it, it it is part of this process of making disciples who make disciples, right? Right. Um, I, I believe that that is best learned through authentic relationships. Um, is there a teaching element to that? Absolutely, 100%. Um, but if I were to look back in my own life – at the leaders that really impacted me. I I cannot recall a specific lesson that I go, I learned this from Rodney, right? Yep. Um, but when my grandfather passed away at 16 years old, I remember sitting on his couch and him just sitting with me. And through things like that and through his investment in my life, it opened up a door, a window, (laughs) a Mack truck could be driven through it, access to my life um, for the teachings to take root. Um, And so I think when we start to help leaders understand Um, building an environment that teaching really sticks, um, we start encouraging them and help them see what a care ministry can really look like um, and how we adequately care for students, walk alongside of students, uh, in the good and the bad, right? Like, you know, I, I think we think of care oftentimes in those hardship moments But, I mean, care in student ministry happens um, after a kid walks off of a stage, right, and he did his first play. Or it happens on a Friday night when that kid's sweaty and shoulder pads. And um, if if we don't understand that those moments are equally important – than than that moment where we throw out that question to the small group and we hear crickets, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like those two moments are intertwined. And I think we hear crickets um, maybe because the other one's not being done, right? Right. Um, But sometimes when we hear crickets and that other one's been done – we're able to prod a little bit harder, if that makes sense, yep. because we have that relationship. Um, and, and so I, I think helping develop towards those uh, th- those care kind of moments, helping our leaders understand the importance of them and that that's really the call and the ask that we're making for their life um, – mm-hmm in In this invitation to come get messy with me in student ministry,
0: right, and such a great point there because in the word I wrote down in, is investment right that, yeah that when small group leaders invest that time into their small group, like I said, seeing the kid in the in the uh, at the football game or going to their uh, play or their recital or their band thing or. You know, that, that creates a, an entirely different dynamic within the small group than you're just kind of the stoic teacher that shows up. Yeah. And, and you're asking almost, you're asking questions in a vacuum of relationships. Because if you're not interacting with the, the people around you or not participating, and, and listen, I understand if you're listening to this and you're a youth pastor, that's your full time, you're paid, and you're, you're showing up all those things. Uh, A lot of times if you're a bivocational or you're a volunteer and you're listening, you say, but Paul, I don't have the time and I don't have – I totally get that. I understand. You don't have to do – to change the dynamics of those relationships, and I think Chad would agree with this, I don't think the investment has to be you have to be at every football game or Mm. every play or every band. If you show up to one event per quarter uh, or every six months – uh, that changes the dynamic, I think, of of your small group time because now the questions take on a different context because yep. now you're involved in their world at some point. Is that is that right, Chad? Are we? Are we oh, on the same uh, page absolutely.
1: There? Well, absolutely, and and I think that that's why creating a really healthy. Um, Adult leadership team is so important. If you're trying to do all of this alone, like you're going to fail miserably. You're going to get burned out. There's never going to be enough time. Um, all of those kind of things. And, and I understand every church has different expectations on their on their youth pastor. That's one of the big reasons when I talk to to youth ministers that are applying at a new place. Don't tell them what you think you want they want to hear so you get the job because you're setting yourself up for failure. failure right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Be be honest. Ask what those expectations are. And if if you understand like I'm not gonna meet those. If you just jump in there so you have a place to serve and you already know that I can't meet their expectations, um, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Um, you know, for me, here, here's a great tip that I, I used for many years in student ministry. Um, when I knew kids played in sports or was part of, you know, speech and debate or choir or those kind of things... I would always ask them at the beginning of the school year, hey, will you give me a calendar, right, Mm -hmm. for your football stuff, right? They would bring me their, you know, calendar, that kind of stuff. And here's the simple tip question to ask the student. You look at that calendar with them and you say, what is the most important game on the schedule for you? Mm. And, you know, for that student, they may look at that like, rivalry game right Yeah. that like that is the most important game that we beat that town that we hate <laughs> or or maybe for some of those students right they know uh man i'm on third string right <laughs> right i never see the field this other team is historically really bad yeah homecoming game i may actually get in the game wow That's the most important game for me. Right. Yeah. And and so when I've asked that question to that student, what's the most important game for them? That's the game I need to show up at. Uh, and, And so we get past the idea of I've got to be at every one of these games to hey, I'm there for the most important game uh and 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 we we let them know like hey i'm i'm clear my schedule i'm going to be at this game i'm really trying to be at that game those kind of things um and and so we hear from them we've established the expectation that they now have right with what we can actually accomplish those kind of things uh to to you know meet the student where they're at and, and understand that we've got a life, right? We've got kids of our own. Yeah. We've got marriages, those kind of things that, that have to be healthy um, for us to last longer than a year and a half.
0: So, And uh, well said. That's all I can say to that. That's just, you know, that's the, 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 the perfect note there for that be, because it's um, it, youth pastors can't do it all. Volunteers can't do it all. It's a team right. effort. Everybody's got to play their part and do their role to be able to minister to kids. But now, let's vision cast just a little bit. And tell me some stories. Tell our listeners some stories, maybe of these uh, of care ministry, whether you've done it and or you've seen other, uh, maybe some of the leaders you've had under you that were small group leaders, something like that. Tell me what that looks like when when a uh, small group leader is doing care ministry well. What kind of impact hmm. does that kind of small group leader yeah. make on kids?
1: Um, I'll give I'll give you two examples. The um, first was an amazing – well, I'll give you three examples. I'll give you three examples. I'll start with this one man um, who was an amazing leader for me. He led uh, a group of my like crazy seventh-grade boys. Uh Um, So this guy was um, basically like a DEA-type agent. Um, he's the only small group leader that, and and he did a lot of like undercover work. Um, he's the only small group leader I've ever had that called me on a Wednesday and said, Chad, I'm so sorry. Um, I cannot be there tonight. Um, I have to go buy meth and, uh, and I was like, fair, fair, man. Um, and, and so but this guy, um, first of all, these seventh grade boys l- looked up to this guy f- for his job alone, right? Sure. I mean, when you're a seventh grade boy, there's nothing cooler than the dude that comes in from the field, right? And um, and, and he's in this suit and all that kind of stuff with, like you know, n- no gun, but holster still on him and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And o- Oklahoma, like that's the coolest dude in the God. world. And, um, and so those boys really looked up to him in that way, but for him, he cared for those young men in knowing them. Yeah. Um, In the same way that he invited them into his own life and shared his own stories and and those kind of things, um, I I saw him get to know these boys at a deeper level than just knowing their names. Um, He knew their families really well. And so that would be the thing that I would point out for him is that he took time to know each of their moms and dads that were there. Um, and so I mean, he was so diligent in making phone calls just to ask, you know, hey, you know, these kids' dad, hey, how are you doing? Um, and so the level of care that he took upon his own self to reach out to dad awarded him such greater insight into those students' lives that he opened up this conversation between mom and dad that oftentimes I would hear from him of what's actually happening with the student because mom and dad's first line was immediately to this guy, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and that's such a healthy way to care for students because we all know, right? You ask a seventh grade boy, hey, how you doing? Fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. right? right. Over and over. That's what you're going to hear every Sunday morning or Wednesday night. I'm fine. Um, but you have a relationship with mom and dad, right? You call them, Hey, how are you? You know, how's Johnny? Hey, Johnny's been a little quiet lately. We've heard that this is happening at school. He's kind of getting picked on that allows for that leader to know what's going on in that student's life care for him more deeply to be able to have that one-on-one conversation um or even know the question to ask right on a wednesday night uh the
0: the next example Well, well, i was going to say if you're a dea agent by the way and you have that conversation with a parent uh and that guy says uh let me make a phone call uh that that situation that bully it won't be seen yeah ever again so yeah (laughs) by the way by the way
1: our our volunteer background checks were out of this world <laughs> when he was <laughs> we just gave them all to him uh-huh. and uh they know stuff that you know mm. aren't going to come up on normal things nope. so i don't
0: want to everything. Don't know everything i
1: don't want to know everything so uh anyways the uh, uh he was a phenomenal leader to have the, the next one i would talk about um is uh a lady that was extremely busy, working mom, three small kids. Uh, you talk about someone that you're like, she has no time for care ministry. Uh, it would be her. Um, she implemented a thing. So she, she was an eighth grade small group leader. Um, Every, every Saturday, she went grocery shopping, and every Saturday, she took a different student. Um, and we, we probably don't think of grocery shopping as being this amazing ministry moment. Um, but for an eighth-grade girl to have this mom come by her house, pick her up, and as they walked through, you know, the grocery aisles, they just talked about life. And so every one of her girls got one-on-one time with her every single week. Um, and and those girls, some of them had never done those kind of things with their own parents. Yeah. Uh, but they they were able to see what her life looked like and the food that she bought. And it was very much this like real moment, right? Like it doesn't get much more actual, like mundane life than grocery shopping. Right. Right. Um, but it was intentional time that she got to have. Uh, and she would always make the joke of, man, I have somebody to help me put up groceries. <laughs> exactly. And, right. Um, But this was a way for her, she invited students into her life, and she invested in them. Uh, And I I always thought that that was this way of, here's somebody who's extremely busy that's dedicated to like investing in students. The final one is a retired lady uh, that was one of my uh, small group leaders. Uh, I think she's, she's the best small group leader I've ever had in my life. Mm. Um, she served in a different ministry, uh, in our town that, uh, ministered to, uh, underprivileged kids every Friday night. They would feed kids, do kind of like a vacation Bible school type thing, uh, basically just loved on kids Friday night, made sure they had a hot meal year round um, and and shared the gospel. This lady invited her her girls to that ministry. Uh, and within a few years, uh, it was funny because that that was not a ministry that I led in any way or was a part of or anything like that. Um, but I got to where I would swing by there on random Friday nights just to say hello. Cause like half of my girls in my student ministry, even when they were in like late high school were serving there on Wednesday or on Friday nights. Um, she invited them to come serve alongside of me. Uh, and, and these girls, when they were in middle school caught this same passion vision, um, and, and begin to serve. And, and, and I saw that in their lives and, and carry into high school. Um, we have multiple young ladies now um, that are full-time missionaries in other areas of the world. Uh, and I would point directly to the impact that that lady had in their life in inviting them uh, to care for other people. Um, and, and so it was her leadership that took them out of a normal class and into her own life of serving these people that I think made a, a massive impact.
0: And, right. And, it's, and, and it can be anything in between, right? The simplicity of taking a kid shopping with you or the complexity of I have a ministry on Friday night that if you're simply doing – what uh, my friend Tim Eldridge calls life-on-life with kids and saying, just come hang out with me. Just watch what I do, right? Right. Don't just listen to what I say. Watch what I do. Watch how I shop. Watch how I, you know, uh, interact with with, uh, other adults. Watch how I'm, you know, doing these things is a powerful, powerful statement uh, to make to a kid because they're looking for models, a lot of kids, beyond their parents, um, they're, they may have great parents, but they're still picking up clues and social uh, cues from other adults in their life. And, and these small group leaders that have care uh, ministry uh, can significantly impact a kid, um, you know, and say, listen, that, that may be something they pick up on that God is using in their life, uh, you know, whether that's missions, whether that's evangelism, whether that's um, you know, that I want to go into law enforcement, you know, I want to serve, uh, the community in this fashion. And those are such great stories. And I hope, uh, those of you that are listening to this, I I hope that you're, you know, that's your prayer. I hope that's your, uh, your heart that says, wow, I want my small group leaders to, to have this kind of impact. And it starts with, uh, teaching our small group leaders to care and simply live life and, and be a part of those things. Do you have a favorite, um, uh, do you have a favorite little small group story, something like that? It's either funny or serious. It doesn't have to be uh, either either one. But uh, do you have, a, do you have can, a, a small group story?
1: Can I just tell a random – like it, it is a small group story, but I think it's it's just funny.
0: I, exactly. Yes, please.
1: Um, so this is like a camp story for us, and um, it was summer camp, and – we had talked to all all of our small group leaders at that time in our ministry. We had a lot of kids that were coming from pretty rough homes, and uh, and we were dealing with a lot of that in in our our student ministry, and um, and so we had talked to all of our small group leaders, um, and we told them, hey, if you uh, during these response times, we're going to have these students go to you, and you guys, you know, talk with them through this, and and all those kind of things. And, uh, but if you have any student that has, you know, has been physically abused, sexually abused, you know, any, in any form of these, then we want you to bring them back to, to one of us. And, and so we talked through this with all of our leaders. They kind of knew the process, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, I had this young man, seventh grade boy, um, the, our, our joke was he was a seventh grade boy. Or, or he was a, uh, he was a 65 year old woman trapped in a seventh grade boy's body. Um, he was, he was the, he was the young man that like would always complain that it's raining and you know, like those kind of things or that it was cold in the room and his lumbago was bothering him. Oh dude, listen, <laughs> something was always wrong. But, and, um, and but we, we loved this young man and and those kind of things. And uh it's Thursday night of camp, the speaker just gets off the stage, uh, we've got a response time and um a very powerful, very powerful moment. And students, you know, begin to move, and I'm in the back of the room and I see this young man stand up walk over to his leader, man. And in in that moment as a youth pastor, you're just, you're excited, right? You're like, God's doing something awesome. Amen. And I immediately, Kelly, his small group leader, he just immediately starts bringing this kid back. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh no. Right. Like I know this kid's parents really well. Like all of these thoughts are going through my head in this moment. Uh, it's remember it's Thursday at camp. He brings him back here. Kelly like looks at me with these like deer in the headlights look, right? Like I, I don't know what to do with this. And he just goes, he, he basically, he says a young man's name. He's like, Hey, he he has something to say to you. And then just leaves like walks off. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Kelly, where are you going? You know, like I didn't say it in the moment, but I, immediately in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I got to follow up with them of going like, Hey brother, stay with me here. And, um, so I grab a chair, I pull it up next to me. Key or this, this young man. I almost said, it, sorry. Uh, b- like big kind of tears in his eyes. I'm just like, Hey buddy, what is going on? He looks at me and he goes, my testicles have been hurting since Monday. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, why is right now? Like, why is right now the moment that like this, this needs to come out? Like, and, 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 I I didn't know what to do, right? And I'm like uh so I just I pulled out my cell phone and I'm like you got to call your dad, man. And uh and so <laughs> yes, please. He, he walks out the room. He comes back in and I'm like what would your dad say? And he goes he goes my dad said I'm fine and I'm becoming a man. And I go all right, fair enough, man. And he just went back and sat down <laughs> and like that, that was that's this moment. That's one of my <laughs> Favorite, like oh, And my so goodness. like the rest of camp in the next month or whatever, like anytime there, anybody on our staff saw Kelly's smogger bleeder, we were like, bro, what you couldn't handle that? Like, oh. like why, you know? And, and so it became this like great little joke for us, but
0: I have never read in any youth ministry book ever how to handle that situation. Yeah, dude. do. They,
1: they don't look in the that
0: back story. under a T like in the glossary. And yeah. testicles is not there. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not no. like you can go to the page and say, "How do we deal with this?"
1: Oh yeah, it's a it's a ride in for sure. Like yeah, you're not getting that in any. <laughs> oh
0: no. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and go to our just go, land the plane here. If you will give, uh, Chad, if you will, if somebody's thinking and they're and say, "Man, I really want some effective small groups. I, I, I'm I'm thinking about starting them." Or Mm -hmm. I have them and I need to make them more effective. Can you can you drop a few tips on them to say, okay, if you're thinking about this or you're in the midst of it, how what are some things you're going to tell them off the bat that they maybe have not considered?
1: Yeah. Um, So, first of all, man, I want to encourage each of us, whether you have a student ministry of five students and you feel like everything that you're doing is small group ministry or you're leading multiple campuses, uh, the first thing that I would suggest for you is, one, understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, right? Like, what is the purpose of these small groups? Is it care? Is it fellowship? Is it greater biblical knowledge? Um, And understanding that primary focus. Uh, Everybody wants to play the game of, oh, well, this is going to do all of these things. And yes, your small group will have multiple functions, but understanding the primary focus for that time period I think is crucial. Um, and so that would be the, the first thing that I would really encourage you to do. The next thing is build a structure that is bigger than what you already have. Um, a lot of times we'll build a small group structure that fits our current student ministry. Uh, and then we're always uh, scrambling for more leaders more space or all those kind of things. And so always constantly be building for a little bit larger than you have that you can grow into.
0: In, in football terms, you're always recruiting. You're, Correct. You're always, as you're, you're a coach, you're always in recruitment mode.
1: Right. Um, and so building a structure that is um, is a little bit larger, uh, build it in a, in a mindset of scale. Um, what's actually obtainable, all those kind of things. I, I hear from youth pastors all the time um that they're like, well, we want to grow. And my question is, um, currently, right now in your ministry structure, how many students can you effectively disciple? Um and you'll find that that's, I think, a much more important question when it comes to numerical growth in, in your student ministry. Um, because if you can say, okay, we can effectively disciple 30 kids, right? And let's be real honest with ourselves on what that looks like. Um, the best leaders in the world, three to five, if we're going to be really honest, of that you can actually disciple and not just like meet with once a week, right? Um, And so when we start to really look at it realistic in that way, um, then we need to understand, okay, if we can effectively disciple 30 kids in the structure that we have, the 31st kid that walks through that door has no one. Um, And so we're building a structure that fits them in that's manageable, that has um some growth to it, all of those kind of things. Um the the final thing that that I would recommend is uh language is important. As you recruit uh volunteers and as you recruit leaders, language is really important. Um if what you're trying to sell them on is hey come be a small group leader on Sunday mornings from nine to 10 o'clock, then that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, But if you engage with adults in your church and you ask them to be a part of a ministry that cares for, loves and reaches students in this community, Uh, then when visions cast, those are going to be the type of people that, uh, that you grab. Um, I, I believe in recruitment that happens by being intentional. I think a lot of times people don't feel like they, they don't have enough volunteer leaders, uh, because they haven't asked them. Um, you know, a lot of times I, I see youth pastors that, you know, well, I've had it, you know, posted in our bulletin, you know, or we've <laughs> set it from stage that we need leaders, mm. uh, and and you're one. I would say you're only going to get a certain type of leader with that. Um, you're probably only going to get the leaders that are high, gifted in mercy. Um, because they're going to see you begging for leaders and then the thought in their head is going to be, i got to go help that youth pastor. I feel sorry for that guy. I feel Uh, sorry sorry for for that that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to try to serve. Um, But I found some of the best leaders um, are the people that they don't think they have enough time Um, because highly effective people are – um, busy for a reason. And so uh, go after them, cast for them vision of um, that. You're you're not just asking them to come sit in a room. Uh, Cause for your people that are like dynamite, that's, that's not intriguing to them. Yeah. Right. Like yep. come read these six questions. I think a lot of times, like we try to like put this bar so low because we need help. I think you swing the other way, right? Like, I I think you cast vision in a way of going, um, hey, we're trying to minister to the most important generation that we can right now to make a massive impact in our community. Um, It's going to be really, really hard, but it's going to be really valuable. Is this something that you're interested in? Um, And I've found that over the years, like, that intrigues people and that invites them into what you're wanting rather than just couch sitters, right? Yes. Uh, and um, and so um, I, I invite people into what you want them to be, uh, not just what you need. That's right.
0: That is it, ladies and gentlemen. Wisdom bombs from Chad Higgins. Dropping small group wisdom bombs. I hope you wrote all that down. Uh, but if you're listening today and you are interested in connecting with chad and getting more wisdom bombs by the way he's got a bunch of them on his website at youth ministry there but there's some other places too that you can connect with chad chad is there some other places that uh, they can find you or uh, connect with you online somewhere
1: yeah so um i'm on all the normal like social media stuff so you can find me on facebook you can find me on twitter um i am at chad higgins uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but if you're going to follow me on Instagram, you're just going to get pictures of my daughter. Uh, and that's kind of what that looks like. But uh, yeah, Youth Ministry Booster is really the, the best way to, to find me there. Uh, you can email me at chat at youthministrybooster.com. Uh, check out all the things that we do. We run a network um, of youth uh, youth pastors. We do uh, monthly webinars, connect them to mastermind groups, those kind of fun things. So,
0: well, that is tremendous. Chad, Chad, thanks so much for being on the uh, on the show today. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Chad's podcast, the After Nine podcast. I'll put links to all these things in the description below. And I want to thank you guys for joining me today for the Youth Ministry Motion podcast, the podcast that tries to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward so you can stay in it longer and make the kind of impact that you want to make on the young people in your youth ministry. So that's it for today, guys. I will catch you guys on the next one.
1: Talk to you later.